Welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast, broadcasting from Clear Channel Studios in Seattle, Washington, carried live on Fox Radio 850 KHHO in Tacoma, Washington, and carried nationally in streaming audio at www.recoverycoasttocoast.org. Two hours of interviews and features, plus questions and comments about this one-day-at-a-time adventure in personal recovery as we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. And now, Recovery Coast to Coast is on the air. Here's your host, Neil Scott. Welcome back once again to Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. One of the highlights of the 39th annual NAATP National Leadership Conference was a tremendous keynote presentation by Dr. Kimberly Johnson, the director of CSAT, the Center for Substance Abuse Treatment, who presented highlights of the recently published Surgeon General's Report, Facing Addiction in America, the Surgeon General's Report on Alcohol, Drugs, and Health. Dr. Johnson had a plane to catch right after her talk, was unable to join our broadcast, but she was kind enough to join us by phone from the nation's capital. Dr. Johnson, it was certainly nice meeting you in Austin, and I thank you for this follow-up opportunity. Let's start off by letting our listeners know a little bit about you and about CSAT. In this field, we have a tendency to throw out acronyms, assuming everyone knows what we're talking about. What is CSAT? What is the Center for Substance Abuse Treatment? And what role does it serve nationally? So the Center for Substance Abuse Treatment is an office in the federal government. We're part of the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, which is in the Department of Health and Human Services. And our role is a couple things. We fund treatment services so that we actually provide the um probably the biggest source of funding for addiction treatment, which is the substance abuse treatment block grant. And then we have other kinds of um, grants that we give to either states or to programs. And we also are responsible for oversight of, of OTPs, of methadone treatment programs. I guess the other thing that I think is important in terms of our role is that we provide leadership in terms of helping improve the quality of care. So, for example, that presentation disseminating the findings from the Surgeon General's report fall under that kind of bucket of uh, informing people about what good care is. You've been in your position about a year and a half, but you've been in the field a long time. What was your motivation to get into this field? In some ways, I kind of fell into it. I worked with children. Um, I was a daycare teacher, actually, and I worked with kids in what was a back then was a uh, Title 20 program. So it was a federally supported childcare program. A lot of the kids had families with a variety of issues, but substance abuse was one of them. And so I felt like I wanted to do more with the kids. And so I wound up getting a degree as a child and family therapist. And then because the issue of substance abuse was so prevalent with the kids I was working with, I wanted to learn more about that. And so it sort of evolved from there. 
Dr. Kimberly Johnson, the director of the Center for Substance Abuse Treatment, joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast this evening. In November of 2016, Surgeon General Murthy released a thorough document addressing the all-important issues surrounding the harmful use of alcohol and other drugs. The report is titled Facing Addiction in America, the Surgeon General's Report on Alcohol, Drugs, and Health. Tell me a little bit about the report, uh, the the genesis of it, and uh, where do we go from here? Well, I think the genesis of the report came because of the Surgeon General's interest in doing something around the opioid epidemic initially. And through conversations, he and we all that were talking with him decided that it needed to be broader and need to really address substance use in general. And so that was the genesis of it, to really get at the science of prevention, treatment, and recovery. That's what's in it. To me, it's really the what we know now about substance use and addiction. In the change of administrations, Dr. Murthy was relieved of his duties as Surgeon General, but the report is alive and well and getting widespread praise. It seems to be a major tool in the public advocacy toolbox for national, state, and local governments. How has it been accepted so far, Dr. Johnson? I think people are happy to have it. It puts all of the knowledge in one place. And for the most part, it's in pretty plain language, easy for anyone to understand. And so I think it's very a very useful document. In the short time that we have, what are some of the major findings in this landmark report, especially the ones that will stimulate action for change? Um, I think one really important thing is how important prevention is and how preventable substance use disorders are. And so I think that that's one thing that it really highlights that's important that a lot of people think there isn't anything we can do. So I think that that's important. The other thing is it highlights the need to do more research around recovery and how we support recovery over the long term. You know, we know medications that work. We know behavioral therapies that work. We still don't really treat addiction as a chronic illness, and we don't do enough around recovery. And I think this report really identifies that there's not enough evidence. We haven't really studied that adequately. One of the things that you said in your presentation was, I'm kind of paraphrasing, most people are not fully aware of the range and types of care that are available. Why is that? I think it has to do with what people see in media. So people are aware of AA and people are aware of residential treatment, right? I mean, I think people have seen portrayals on TV and other media of, you know, celebrity rehab. or mm-hmm. so, so people are conscious of those kinds of self-help, but not necessarily aware of medications. And I've had conversations with patients and parents of kids who have particular opioid use disorders. You know, they may not have heard about medication until the third, fourth, time and treatment. So I think we do need to do more. And I think this report is a, a good tool to use in helping people know more about the options beyond just the couple that they know beyond residential rehab and AA. Dr. Kimberly Johnson joining us tonight. She is the director of the Center for Substance Abuse Treatment. And another point in your talk, you talked about, and I hadn't heard this term before, voltage drops in quality of care. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so I was talking about a paper that had been published actually more than 10 years ago now um, that identified all the kinds of failures in the system between even having insurance coverage 
and actually getting care. So the, the voltage drops could be things like having, ins- having insurance itself, but then also even if you have insurance, maybe it doesn't cover the services or the providers that you need or the providers aren't easily located, you know, you can't get to them easily or the providers that are available don't offer the services you need. So there are all these kinds of systems failures that are not just insurance coverage. And so that the idea of voltage drops is between having coverage and actually getting care that works for you, there are lots of places that the system can fail. Facing addiction in America, the Surgeon General's report on alcohol, drugs, and health. What has the reaction been from elected officials on this landmark report? You know, to be honest, I haven't talked to many elected mm. officials or gotten her reaction. I, the, the few that I have heard from personally, I have had a very positive response and appreciate it the same way community members have. Can people in recovery take this as a tool? Can they take it to their elected officials, whether that be at the local level, the state level, or the national level, to further move this along? It's available to anybody. They can download it from the website. And I think it's a tool to use in whichever way people think would be useful to them. You spoke eloquently at the NAATP National Leadership Conference. What is the role of addiction treatment providers in moving this forward, keeping it on the front burner, and and taking further action? I think addiction treatment providers collectively, like NAATP as an organization, can focus on quality and use the parts of the document that talk about what good treatment is to help inform their patients, to help inform the payers, and to share with each other so those voltage drops don't happen, right, so that people do get access to good care. And, of course, there are some 24 million people in long-term recovery here in this country. What is the role of people in America to further public understanding and, and again, move from uh, awareness to action? I think we've really seen a leap forward in the past, I don't know, maybe three to five years in the recovery movement. It's a movement, Mm. right? So people in recovery talk about their recovery. They talk about how they got into their recovery. It helps people who aren't there yet get there. Stand up and speak out. Exactly. And it helps people, uh, you know, I think seeing people in recovery, seeing that it's possible helps people who are in that place that's really dark and and feeling hopeless, helps them see that there is a path to get to recovery. There are many paths to recovery. I think the recovery movement is really important and for people who are in recovery to participate in that in whatever way they feel comfortable is really important because it's educating the public and particularly educating people who who need services, who haven't gotten to the place where they're potentially ready for them or willing to accept them, you know, it helps people think about it and to see a possible path forward. By the way, we can tell our listeners the report is available online. You go to addiction.surgeongeneral.gov and get the full report. The 1964 Surgeon General's report on smoking changed policy, it changed laws, it changed lives. What will the legacy of this report be? What do you see going forward? I hope it has the same impact. You know, when you think about the how long it took that tobacco report, mm. you know, between when that was published and between when we had real change, it was many years. And the report was useful over those that 20, 30, 40-year period. 
we know a lot more now about substance abuse in general, about other drugs of abuse other than just tobacco than we knew about tobacco when that report was written. So I think we're further along that developmental path than we were. And so hopefully the changes are accelerated. It doesn't take 40 years. Yeah. Dr. Murthy was replaced by Rear Admiral Sylvia Trent Adams as the acting Surgeon General. What is her stand on alcohol, drugs, and health as a priority for the nation? I think you would have to ask her that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, will, I will endeavor to do that. Before we conclude, uh, Dr. Johnson, can you share a bit about your study of mobile technology and the harmful use of alcohol in recovery support? I found that fascinating in your bio. Yeah. So in my um, job before I came here, I worked for a research center at the University of Wisconsin, and that was one of the things that we did. And it is fascinating. Like many places in behavior change, mobile phones can do a lot of things. So they can send people reminders. Uh, you know, one of the things that people are really interested in is using how you can use GPS to help people stay away from places that might be risky places for them. And, and find resources and meetings. Exactly. So we did studies on specific mobile technologies and found that um, having access to mobile applications can re reduce the number of risky drinking days. It cut it in half for people who were you know, post-treatment. And so there are a lot of other studies going on now that, of course, I'm not involved in, but the next step is trying to predict and prevent relapse. You've been in your position about a year and a half. What have you learned in your in your brief tenure, and what are the major challenges you and your office face in the next year and a half? I think the biggest challenge we have now is the opioid epidemic and reducing overdoses. Mm. We have actually started to turn the tide on the number of people who are misusing prescription drugs. The number of people with opioid use disorder is starting to come down, but overdose deaths are still going up. So we have a population that's actually shrinking, but the death rate is continuing to increase. And so I think that's our biggest challenge right now. And trying to figure out how to impact that, given fentanyl and carfentanil and the kinds of uh, very fatal drugs that are available now, I think that that's our biggest challenge. The report is Facing Addiction in America, the Surgeon General's Report on Alcohol, Drugs, and Health. It offers hope. It offers practical solutions and resources for communities around the country. The report available online at addiction.surgeongeneral.gov. Dr. Kimberly Johnson, the director of CSAT, the Center for Substance Abuse Treatment, and one of the bright lights in the field of addiction. A keynote speaker at the 39th annual NAATP Leadership Conference in Austin, Texas. Nice enough to join us by phone for a follow-up conversation. I'm Neil Scott, the program Recovery Coast to Coast. We're going to take a short time out. Back with more right after this.